0: Gather round, gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat. Welcome to the bonfire.
1: Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey, And I'm Deva. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. And happy Chinese New Year. Woo-hoo. Woohoo! You will
0: hear this the Wednesday before Chinese New Year, which is on January 22nd this
1: year. It sure is. I love Chinese New Year. Me too. I can't wait to talk about the ways that I have celebrated it in the past. Yeah. But first, I have a uh, thing I want to talk about because I think it's relevant to your interests. Oh, yes. I want to know. And you probably already know this. Maybe not. But you probably <laughs> already know this. I just learned this. And okay. I'm just like, whoa, about it. Which is that the style of singing that Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries does is it takes its inspiration from keening. And I didn't know that. Isn't that cool? And I love that. Because keening is... Awesome. And did you know that there's like a lot of discourse about keening in Mm -hmm. Ireland that's like, really? Yeah. We don't do that. Or yes, we do. Or our like, I don't know, ancient, like uncivilized ancestors did that. We don't do that. And people are like, yes, we do. Yeah. (laughs) And it's wild. But it kind of makes me feel a little bit validated at the fact that every time I sing a Cranberry song, I feel like so catharsed. It's like a total catharsis.
0: I think Florence and the Machine, and also Natalie Merchant. Oh, sure. 10,000 Maniacs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they what have a some. S- yeah. They have some similar styles as yeah. well. And I wonder. I wonder. Na- now I want to investigate that. Hmm. I love the cranberries. I love the cranberries. I was yeah. listening
1: to Zombie earlier and I was like, that's neat. And then out of nowhere, a video popped up. On one of my mini feeds, because I am so online, just chronically online, uh, popped up with a history lesson about Keening and Dolores O'Rourke. Oh I was my like, gosh. That's incredible. That is so cool. That's incredible. That's so neat. Wow. And it makes a lot of sense. And I just love it. And I'm a firm believer in wailing and Keening and letting your feelings out when they're loud. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of noise. I make a lot of noises. Just kind of like in my everyday life, when Mm -hmm. I have feelings, I make a noise out of them. And I think that that is great. And we should all be allowed to do it.
0: Yes. So here is the thing that I have done for years and will continue to do is when I'm in pain, which I'm going through an episode right now, y'all. You do look very cozy. I am very cozy. I'm laid out so that uh, nothing will cramp. But when I am in pain or I have to stand up and a certain thing hurts, I start to sing. Sure. Even when it's like I wouldn't normally make a noise and it alleviates and it expands. And I have come to the conclusion over the last two or three weeks That I have a new definition or a new word I want to use instead of relax, Mm. and that is expand. Sure. Just expand your body because that's what we teach in healing is, you know, making that space outside yourself for the pain to inhabit not just your body.
1: I think also that ties into, because you start singing, mm-hmm. and singing is like mm-hmm. completely tied to breath, oh, and yeah. breathing creates space.
0: And in the gut. And in and the gut. And radiating from the center of your body all the way out. If yeah. we
1: sound like we're referencing something, it's because we are, you just haven't heard it yet. <laughs> no, you've heard that one. Oh, yeah. Air. You've heard that one. But we talk about it again in yeah, Fire. Yeah, we talk about it again in Fire, which is coming out next, next week next week yeah
0: when you hear this it will be next we we can say and next then week. in bulk mm-hmm.
1: and then yeah okay man time means nothing i don't even know man
0: it still doesn't it's fine i thought it would come back a little bit after the pandemic no, no. not for me anyway not for me yeah
1: anyway. not for me do you have any babble today I that I think was was probably it except that
0: Rivers here again and
1: River is not letting us rest when it comes to recording.
0: Yeah, she's she's been very interesting so at some point I may have to go try to find a place for her to live during our recording session because all of a sudden she's like no i want Corey, i want Detta and i want to be
1: all up in your I wires
0: just want to yell
1: yeah so. i want to headbutt all your electronics and i want to scream at you
0: so you might hear her a couple of times but after that she's
1: out of here <laughs> you get two strikes <laughs> So I might have gone a little bit over-the-top superstar student on this episode. Okay. So I would like to take us to the library. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. Okay, so Chinese New Year. It's very old, and there's a lot of mythology, there's a lot of, like, History, politics, sociology, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have written it out exactly like I want to say it, and I'm gonna make it try. To, I'm gonna try to make it not sound like I'm reading from a paper, but definitely my book report today about Chinese New Year. Here it is. <laughs> Dates regarding the origin of the Lunar New Year range from the Han Dynasty, about 2,200 years ago, to even earlier than that, with customs dating around 3,500 years ago, which is like so very long ago. Lunar New Year celebrations are held in many countries, including, but not limited to, China, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, South Korea, North Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam and Suriname. That is not an exhaustive list. It is also celebrated everywhere that people have spread, bringing it with them. So, all through the sort of Chinese descendant diaspora, there is a Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year. It is most commonly called Chinese New Year, but the People's Republic of China has officially adopted the title Spring Festival, while others in Countries that have populations of Chinese descent, they refer to it as Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year. It is called Lunar New Year because it is based on the lunar solar calendar and it is the time of year when spring begins. In January? Yep. Whoa. Yep. I didn't know. The end of January. Wow. Spring is coming. Well, I am excited about that. I also am excited about that. My mom the other day was like, "In the day supposed to be getting longer." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, mama, they are. Well, and doesn't here feel in like Seattle. it. I don't know. It's been very dark. <laughs> it's been so dark and cloudy. It is
0: so dark. And today
1: yeah. the rain has been like real rain. Yeah, like not that misty garbage, but Mm-mm. like rain. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, all of that information came from many, many, many sources. We are going to have them listed in the show notes, but I. There was some Wikipedia pages to get some dates. There was uh, Chinese, hi- uh, ChinaHighlights.com had several pages of really fascinating information, one of which will be linked that has three legends and stories about Chinese Lunar New Year's, and that was fascinating. Britannica, histor- uh, History.com, Almanac.com, oh, I just closed one like a real ding dong. That's okay. I had several. I think it was the Ancient Origins one. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Ancient Origins and then an expat.or.id, which is a website that I looked at for some customs and things in Indonesia. And it was fascinating. Cool. Yeah. But those are my sources.
0: Okay. I have digmandarin.com the works of life two articles a new year article and the ancestors article is so good and i'll link both of those arts and cultural google at <laughs> uh, eight things you should know about the lucky envelope when i can't or envelope uh and china highlights as well and then my friends
1: incredible Our community should be some of our resources, I think.
0: I will tell you one of the things a friend of mine told me that I didn't know uh, just this week. Other than uh, I did know that it is the year of the rabbit, which happens to be one of my daughter's years. She said that when you're in China, you can once it's your year, you can wear a red belt with Anything and everything, even your uniform, if you're required to have a uniform and it's really strict at work, you get to wear a red belt because it's your year.
1: Auspicious color. Isn't that wonderful? I love that. That means next year I could wear a red belt anytime yeah. I wanted.
0: Oh, your year of the dragon. So are my other two.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Why don't you do any library stuff you have? And then I brought a special story time.
0: Oh, okay. I'm going to be talking about the red envelope out at the bonfire. Okay. And that has to do with money, and it has to do with money magic. I want to talk to you about, very briefly, I promise not to go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) I just want to remind everybody that capitalism is not commerce. And the reason that I want to do that is kind of what Corey was just saying. This is what my friends call Chinese New Year. It's basically live long and prosper make lots of money, and celebrate. That was a quote directly from her. I want to mention this because I think a lot of witches, and I've talked to several witches over the last couple weeks that have hang-ups about money. And Corey was saying when we were chatting about it beforehand that that's probably a cultural thing. And I will also say I I think it's really rooted in women's DNA that they shouldn't have money. And if they do, they should give it up. And if they're going to be pious and pure and stuff like that, they should give it up. And I'm going to say right now, hell no. no. We need to stop making money evil because it is the currency of the world that we are presently in. Mm-hmm. And that capitalism is a structure that the government, this particular government, has adopted in order to run their commerce. And China is in theory so good. It's socialism with a mixed economy. And I think unfortunately the mixed economy is what overrides the wonderful concepts and ideas of socialism when it puts it into practice. So I think I figured out my ideal would be socialism with democracy. That's true democracy. Not with any gerrymandering or anything like that. So I just wanted to mention that. Promise not to go down a rabbit hole, but I've got a a whole page of notes on it. If you're interested, I'll put them somewhere. If you are one of the people that have issues with with money, I want to encourage you to also seek out roadblocker spells because that will help you so very much. And then my other library, library stuff, I think... I think, other than the eight coins story,
1: did you see that one? No.
0: So the eight coins were originally given to these kids on a lunar n- New Year. Yeah, I did read this. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. The evil Lua, L U I. It's gone right out of my head. That the evil demon came and w- was going to harm these children or harm their financial ability, but the coins turned into these Chinese fairies and protected them and drove with their light the evil demon away. That is what the eight coins represent. You don't put coins in the Reddit envelope. That's probably the biggest I can direct you to other than Oracle Bones, which is such a beautiful article about the bones and how they are carved with astrological astronomy signs and animals. I'm going to read this right from ancient origins. As its Chinese name suggests, oracle bones have been found in one of either two materials, animal bones or turtle shells, and they find them, they don't kill them to get them. So for the first material, the main animal bone that was used creating the oracle bones was the scapula. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And probably because it had such a large base to carve on, or the shoulder blade, oxen seem to be the preferred choice for this they of have an big, animal strong shoulders. Mm-hmm. They probably have big old scapulae. Yeah. Nevertheless, oracle bones have been made from a shoulder blade of deer, sheep, and pigs. Of course, those are all animals that they would eat.
1: Yeah.
0: And the second material is the turtle. The flat underside of the turtle that was used.
1: That's fascinating. So that's
0: that's probably my biggest library stuff for you. And then I've got so much stuff to just talk about out at the bonfire that absolutely these articles reference.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to read all the articles you found Yeah, they're fun. We found some stuff that was the same and Dana found some stuff that I did not find. Yeah,
0: and I can't wait to watch yours either. She has a great YouTube video she's going to post for you all.
1: I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah.
0: I can't wait to watch it.
1: Now, I guess my question for you mm-hmm. is... Would you like story time to be here in the library <gasps> Ooh, or out at the fire?
0: Out at the bonfire. Okay. All right, let's head out. Shake it. We're out at the bonfire.
1: With our iced coffees. I have
0: iced coffee at the bonfire. I have iced drinks all the time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, iced drinks pretty much
1: all the time. Yeah. Very rarely do I do a hot one. Well, my friends, I have a story. Story time! Now this is the A legend I found a few versions of, and so I put together the parts that I liked the best from each of them and wrote it in a way that is linear and cohesive. <laughs> As with legends, that can be tricky to do because there's different versions all around. Oh, yeah. So this is the story of Nien. Nien was a beast with the body of a bull and the head of a lion. He lived in the wilderness, but deep in winter, just before spring, he would run out of food to eat. This is when he would come to the village and eat livestock, food stores, even villagers, with an especial taste for children. The villagers would live in fear, leaving food on the doorstep, hiding in their homes, or fleeing the village entirely until it was over. The villagers lived this way until one year, a wise old man refused to flee or hide. When Nian came, he lit a string of dry bamboo on fire, causing bright light and loud pops, frightening Nian. The beast also seemed to be afraid of the man's red garments. Nian fled without harming the village or destroying any of the homes. When the villagers came back and found the man alive and the village intact, they were completely amazed. He taught them how to keep Nian at bay, and ever since, firecrackers, bright candles, and red paper banners and lanterns have been part of Chinese New Year celebrations.
0: That is a great
1: story. I think so. That story includes a version that I found on China Highlights and on History.com and on... Another one, the name of which I can't remember right now. Sorry. <laughs> but I found a bunch. There's, there's a bunch of different versions. Sometimes the old man is a, vi- a visitor to the town. Mm. Like he doesn't live there and he's like, why is everybody so scared of this thing? And other times it's an elder in the town, which I think is neat and makes sense since a lot of the customs which we will talk about are very elder and ancestor focused. It's just a really neat story. And also how frightening would it be To just be like vibing and hanging your washout or whatever, and a beast that had the body of a bull and the head of a lion. That's very scary. Especially if you've seen. Yeah, especially if you've seen Chinese art and you know that when they do animals like that are supposed to be scary, they got big old teeth and big old mouths and big old eyes. And just like, it's very scary stuff.
0: It is. And I think it also starts to open up the categories of magic that are used that are similar to witch's magic. Some of the same because magic is going to overlap all over the place, everyone. But we we've got color magic going on mm-hmm. there. We've got sound magic going on there, which of course can incorporate the element of air. We have the lanterns, which ha- have fire in them. They're mm-hmm. the ones that fl- that you send to float, right?
1: Sometimes you can do those, but sometimes you just hang, like, red paper lanterns outside. Oh, wow. Without yeah. lights in them? With lights in them.
0: I love that. And what was... There were a couple more.
1: Uh, firecrackers, yeah. red paper
0: banners. It's so color magic. And, of course, Chinese New Year's includes food magic, which I know you're going to oh, talk yeah. about. We're oh, gonna yeah. We're going to talk food, for sure. Yeah.
1: I think what is neat is the way that these elements of this story have translated into things that are still done. So the paper banners now, you like hang them on your door and they say different auspicious, auspicious meaning lucky, auspicious greetings for the new year. So like when you, people walk into your home, they are greeted by this auspicious blessing. And your home is safe because you've put the lucky color of red on your door. Mm-hmm. And it'll scare away Nian or the like, demons or bad spirits or bad luck. And what's fun about Nian is that his name is pronounced, and I'm not doing it correctly, I know that, because Chinese is very tone-based, and I don't know the proper tone or inflection, so I'm doing the best I can. Thank you all for your patience. But the pronunciation of Nian is also... The same pronunciation for the word year. So he is the New Year Beast, which I think is neat. And is this also
0: why the dragon in the festival comes about, or is that something different? That's
1: something else, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. But I do know that one of the customs I did find was the lion and dragon dances. Nice. Which is something I have had the incredible pleasure to see, Mm -hmm. because I used to live in Chinatown.
0: Wow. Oh, it'd be fun to go down there this... we uh, Yeah, all y'all that have... If
1: that- you have an international district, yeah. please
0: visit it. Oh, I love it. I
1: love ours. There is nothing more startling, though, I will say, than not knowing that it's Lunar New Year <laughs> and hearing at, like, god-awful o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. huge, gigantic, fuck-off drums. Oh, wow. Because loud noises <laughs> scare away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> loud noises scare away in yin so it scares away all the bad luck. And that's great if you know it's coming. But if you don't, <laughs> but if you don't, it's well, very it's startling. Coming. It's very startling when that happens and then you're like, "Why? Why is this happening?" And you look outside and then there's like dragons in the street and you're like, "Yes."
0: Some of the other things that go along I well go along with Chinese New Year. I don't know if it goes along with this story. On actual Chinese New Year, you shouldn't Throw out any trash. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't sweep anything. Mm-hmm. Don't use the number four because in that culture, in in I think Chinese specific culture, it means death. Three is a lucky number. I think a lot of places in China don't have a fourth floor officially. I think that's right.
1: Kind of like how we don't have 13th floors a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although 13 is not unlucky. We know that Just represented witches. We know that <laughs> Those people. Yeah. And I, 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 just, I so enjoy all the magic that they put around the celebration. And I also really like the ancestors.
1: Yes. Do you want to
0: talk about that before I talk about the red envelope?
1: You go ahead and talk about red envelopes.
0: Okay. So as promised, I'm going to talk a little bit about money magic, AKA the red envelope, the tradition of suppressing the evil forces or demons that may try to take your money or prevent you from making money. That is part of the lore around the red envelope. And you wanna, if you're going to give a red envelope, there's a great guide and I'll link it for you about how much money you're supposed to give to certain people. So your ancestors, your grandfather uh, get the most, and then your kids get some, and you can even give them to employees or acquaintances, and then to friends. And they have a breakdown of how much money you should give them. But here's the thing. No coins. I think I mentioned that already. And crisp, clean bills. New dollars. Yes. Mm-hmm. You want to make them pretty. Nothing wrinkled, nothing dirty. That's an insult.
1: Yep. Because what is less auspicious than a dirty, crumply, old, used bill that has all the garbage from last year on it? Right. Blah. And money's gross. Like, like, <laughs> like physically gross. Right. It's covered in germs. Totally,
0: which is why I think so many people have moved. We we don't use money a lot anymore, but we we have it. Well, I use my debit card a lot.
1: Do you think uh, it's still true that like one in every three dollar bills has a cocaine residue on it? What?
0: Did not know that.
1: I bet it's still true.
0: Oh, my gosh. That would explain so much. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I already talked to you about the money not being evil. So I just want to remind you of that. But there are also other things that are prosperous that are not money. It's just that money is one of our biggest exchanges to acquire things that physical things, I'm going to say physical things that we want. I like the idea of bartering. I would like to get back to that or trading. I I think in our small neighborhoods and stuff. I really want to start to do that. And I try to go to the market a lot. With this, you know, wishing for your family and friends, an auspicious year, I love that word, you, if you choose to do this, you're incorporating that color magic. You're also tapping into a long lineage of luck, of well-giving, of,
1: would it be? reasonable to assert that it's not even necessarily about money with these envelopes it's literally just this is a physical representation yep. of the luck i wish for you mm-hmm. that's how i think of it
0: i think so because it, because like i was saying and i think you have some stuff on this as well there are so many different ways to enjoy prosperity and what prosperity actually is
1: Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of stuff about red envelopes. Mm -hmm. I know that I've had friends in like high school and college who during Lunar New Year time were always like, (laughs) (laughs) because they would get like crisp little envelopes with Mm. crisp little 20s in them. And I was always like, what the hell? (laughs) But uh, I think that's amazing. And I feel kind of not irresponsible, but I feel kind of silly for not having ever looked into it further until now. Because I feel like it's been in my like, sphere of friends or location or things like that, like for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad we did this episode. This was dead as a This was dead as idea this episode. And I'm really glad we're doing it.
0: I love this time of year. I love all the magic that is familiar, but not mine. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about food magic. Let's do it. So I did not get like super into each of these foods to tell you about them. I want you all to look at like the lists of beautiful foods that are on my resources because they're just so good. So some foods that you can plan to see at what is called the reunion dinner, where everybody travels home to visit family. Travel, travel at this time is humongous in almost all the cultures that celebrate it. It is traveling home.
0: And a lot of the homes are in rural villages. Mm -hmm.
1: It generally means like hometown Mm. so you go to like your eldest your grandparents home or whatever but what you can some some things that you can expect to see at the reunion dinner this is not an exhaustive list by the way are spring rolls aptly named for the spring festival dumplings Uh. of just kind of all kinds so good I actually, my friend was like, we need to go out. And I was like, dumpling date? And they're like, yeah, dumpling date. Because dumplings are always good. I will eat dumplings until someone stops me. It's bad, but it's great at the same time. Longevity noodles, which are something that is usually made as a family, like together, the noodles, they, longevity noodles, obviously they represent like health and longevity, like Good health through the year and many more years to come. Steamed fish. Fish is a huge sign of health and continued wellness. And there is also a custom to eat half the fish one night and the other half the next night to prolong that, that prosperity and wealth or health.
0: And I read from Dig... Dig Mandarin, I think it was that you don't eat all of it and you make that offering to someone. So I love that there are two different versions of that.
1: A lot of the food will end up at ancestral offerings, uh, which is also prevalent in a lot of cultures. Steamed chicken, chicken is a sign of richness. Whatever that sounds like in your life, richness, whether that's money or you know other types of wealth, Nian Gao which is a rice cake or a New Year cake. Uh, There's also moon cakes, which are a different type of rice cake. Seaweed, lotus seed, and bamboo shoots are some vegetables that you will find on this reunion dinner table. Hot pot has become sort of a huge staple for most families that celebrate. What is that? Oh, she! You should see her face. What just is get real, hot pot? Yeah, her oh face just got so happy. Oh my goodness, data! <laughs> hot pot is the most incredible thing. Okay. Oh my goodness! Now you would have to go to a place that does vegetarian ones, okay? Because they bring you a pot to your table, and they set it on a burner, and it's full of broth, and you just add stuff to the broth. And make your own soup. This is how I learned that I love fish balls more than almost any other food on this earth. Oh and my will gosh. eat
0: them till I'm sick. So that's like shabu shabu. I wonder if it's the same thing. Probably similar. Yeah. On 12th night, I wasn't able to go. But Tammy met with one of our kids and their fiance. We have two daughters getting married this year. Oh, my. And they went to shabu shabu because, you know, I don't eat meat. And it was like, oh, well, she's not going to be with us. We're going. Yeah. And they were so sweet. They took tons of pictures. They do vegetarian version there, a complete and total vegetarian version. And it's so great because going to pay to cook our own food. But it is not really that. I mean, we do, but it's so much more. It's so
1: cool. Oh, that's that's cool. Hot pot is the shit. I think that when it comes to places where you, you, quote, have to cook your own food, Mm -hmm. hot pot, and Korean barbecue are the best places because you get to cook your own little cuts of meat on your own little grill and like wrap it in like your little leaf and add your semjang and like make a little wrap with it and just like num 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 num. I'm so hungry now. I am too.
0: <laughs> and I want Korean barbecue. Yeah, I
1: want hot pot real bad. Because
0: they've done such a great job of making vegetarian versions. And that's the other thing, too, that I found a lot when I was looking at the food stuff and the, that they have some tofu and yeah. and vegan dishes. It's
1: not all pork. Yeah, no. Or fish, which I love pork and fish. There's a sh- pork and shrimp dumpling at Dentai Fung that is so good. Mm. I want dumplings. But after all the food, Drinking is a part of the celebration as well. And the main alcohol that I could find referenced was Baijiu, which is a rice wine. Mm. And it's a Chinese rice wine. And you might be like, I'm seeing a real rice theme here. Rice is super duper sacred in China. It is a huge crop. It is a huge resource. It is. In almost everything. And so, Lunar New Year meal is going to have rice things, it's going to have egg things, and it's going to have fish things, and it's going to have situationally specific vegetables, like sacred or auspicious vegetables. When I was doing the research for the food part of this, my mouth was just kind of full of spit the whole time because I was just like, this all sounds amazing. I am drooling. I'm so hungry. I want dumplings now. (laughs) Well, now I want dumplings. You're welcome. But that is just some of the foods you will find. And those will vary based on the country you're in celebrating. And even based on the family that you're with. And even in China, because China is, say it with me, class, e-fucking-normous. All of the different regions have different specific customs. Yeah. So I want you to remember that everything that I am saying... If I say the word China, I'm being very general because China is huge and full of many, many distinct cultures, distinct customs and distinct languages. So just something to think about. That's cool. That's what I've got for foods. Do you have any other?
0: The only other thing that I wanted to talk about was the ancestor work. And the ancestor altar, which uh, Corey's heritage has ofrenda. And we don't have it. And Native Americans have honorings. Everybody seems to have honorings to ancestors, to old people, to respectful old people. Like one of the main central themes around New Year. It are their ancestors those alive and those who have died? Mm-hmm. It, I don't know why we don't have anything. Yeah, you know, it's such a beautiful tradition, and that is where I had read that the lanterns come in—the ones that they light and they send up to their ancestors, mm-hmm. and they try to keep them light, but they also include things like money or. Food or... Flowers. Yeah, flowers. They're special things, and they have to do it in a way that they'll still float.
1: Oh, it's like the end of Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes.
0: My heart. It is exactly like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's also... A beautiful, oh, I'll try to find it, y'all. It's a short story that I heard on selected shorts where a grandmother is talking is she who's passed away, and she's observing Chinese New Year. And what are they going to do? And they keep forgetting this and and will they remember? and and at least yours are still coming. Mine. I'm starting to fade away because that it, it's a such a beautiful story. I'll see if I can find it.
1: I also I want to point back to something that Detta said respectful elders. Mm-hmm. Ancestor work and family work can be very tricky for a lot of people. So just remember that if the old people in your life are shitty and disrespectful, you do not have to spend your energy on them. No, That is okay. You can just skip those ones. One of our class... Oh, go ahead. Are you sure? Mm-hmm.
0: One of our classes this year is going to be on ancestor work. And here is what I have learned. One, you have the opportunity to heal your ancestors should you choose to do so. If you want to. You do not have to. Yeah. And I'm talking about the ones that are dead, not the ones that are still alive, even if you need to skip a couple generations. But here's the other thing too, y'all. We have a lot of DNA in us that is not just part of the family that we know. It has come in from other places. I consider Prince one of my ancestors now that he is dead. <laughs> I know I have no, nothing of my blood in him, but who knows, DNA wise, we find out the weirdest things. He's in your line. Yeah. And I love that. And that's, and that I think it's just like you can choose your own family yeah. here on earth. You can do the same thing and find ancestors that mean something to you. Or, for example, I had a really good friend and I loved her mom growing up loved her. I consider her part of my ancestry. Yeah, love that. So go for it.
1: I love that. Yeah. And I also think that like we're doing as a globe, I think, not mm-hmm. necessarily everywhere, but as a globe in a, in a lot of ways, we're all doing the work or beginning the work of healing generational traumas. Yes, we are. And sometimes that means no longer giving energy or interacting with toxic branches of the tree so true and it's okay we know that it's not an easy thing to do people always say like well you can't just cut someone off and it's like well i didn't just cut someone off i agonized about it for years and i let things slide for years and i put myself second for years and now i have made the decision that i can no longer live with that kind of hurt in my life
0: or toxicity. Or toxicity. Actual, yeah.
1: So just know that if ancestor work is a thing you are worried about or don't think is aligned with like, well, I don't really get on with my family because they don't respect me or my boundaries or whatever reasons, just know that that's okay. You don't have to interact with those ones. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And while I may not know much about piety, which is honoring one's elders, in Chinese culture, you know, do the thing that is healthy and good for you and do the thing that makes you feel like you're honoring your ancestors to whatever extent you need to and, and keeps you safe.
0: That's great. Yeah. Honoring your ancestors, the ones that you have such toxic relationships with or those that are still on this planet, depending on when that happens, No, I'm going to say whenever that happens, it gives them the opportunity to heal or not. And that's not your job. Nope. It's great if you can help. But sometimes, I hate to say tough love, but sometimes that is the only thing you can do that might help them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just want
0: to validate that if anybody's going through that.
1: Ancestor and family work can be really complicated. It can.
0: Do
1: you want to talk about some fun customs? Sure, go for it. Okay, this is, again, a non-exhaustive list. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because we'd never leave if I tried to tell about everything all the time. So, I broke this down by country. This is not all of the countries that celebrate. This is just some of them. In China, you're going to expect, like I mentioned, the reunion dinner. And keep in mind that in China, the spring festival or Lunar New Year is 15 days. 15. That's a lot of days. That's so fun. Some nations do 3 days, and that's usually honored by the government and you get that day those days off of work so you can celebrate and honor the new year, which I think is rad. But I think in China you get some folks get the whole 2 weeks and some folks get like the days just surrounding the actual new year. I don't know exactly, but you will see the giving of money in the red envelopes. You will see fireworks and firecrackers, honoring the dead by making offerings to them. You'll see lion and dragon dances. And then on the last day, you will see the Lantern Festival, Mm -hmm. which is, I've watched some videos of the Lantern Festival, and it's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. In Vietnam, you will see houses decorated with flowers, specific flowers. I believe chrysanthemums was one of them. Mums was another. You'll see the five fruit platter, which is a platter specifically to honor your ancestors. You'll see the cleaning up of familial graves, which I think is beautiful because I think that's important. I just put quote spring cleaning. Basically, it's cleaning your space to make room for luck in the new year, except on the days that Deda mentioned where it's bad luck to throw out garbage and bad luck to sweep. So make sure, you know. Watch out for that.
0: This year's January 22nd.
1: Yep. And then giving of lucky money and gathering with family and visiting friends. In Korea, there's a lot of similar celebrations, but you will also see that the elders give money in white or patterned envelopes. Ooh! You'll see dinner at the eldest male relative's home. And you'll see the lighting of the moon house. That is a thing that it's usually made of wood and you can put your wishes in it. It's very neat. Google it. Oh my gosh. In Indonesia, you will see more cleaning, gift giving, and feasting. It was very difficult for me to find what looked like a wide General idea of how to celebrate in Indonesia. I found that really great mm. website, and then just like very small, like my family does this kind of stuff, and I was just like, okay, that's great, but I gotta, I gotta make a big, I gotta put it all on one big plate. <laughs> uh, so you'll see cleaning, gift giving, and of course feasting. In Thailand, they celebrate very similarly to China because they are actually one of the nations around there with the largest concentration of Chinese descent citizens. So it's very similar to the way Mm -hmm. that China celebrates it. Around the Western world, you'll see places like Australia and New Zealand having huge Chinese populations. And because of that, they have a really thriving sort of culture there, and you'll see a lot of big celebrations. Most major cities... In the United States, containing a quote unquote Chinatown or an international district, will have celebrations. California, New York, Seattle, Boston, Chicago, all of those places will have a big, beautiful celebration, whether it's just on the day or like the weekend of the day, that kind of thing. Vancouver has a huge Asian population. Vancouver, BC. Vancouver, Canada. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always forget that there are two. And every time somebody says Vancouver, I go Vancouver up or Vancouver down. Uh, This one's Vancouver up in Canada. Has a huge Asian population. Huge. Humongous.
0: Which got larger when Hong Kong was getting ready to convert back to Chinese rule.
1: Yes. And so their festival is bananas. Mm. And then in Europe, even places like France, the UK, the Netherlands, they have a festival there as well. And you might have heard the phrase Gong Hei Fat Choi, which is a widely used greeting for Happy Lunar New Year. Fun fact, that is not what it means. It means, like Deda mentioned earlier, wishing you great happiness and prosperity. So it's a totally rad and totally appropriate thing to say at Lunar New Year. Gong hai fat choy. But please check out the YouTube video that we linked so that you can learn other fun greetings that you can use with your friends who celebrate. And, you know... Wish them an auspicious new year.
0: I'm so excited to watch this video. It's
1: fun. She's very, she's very approachable and sort of effervescent, the person presenting it. I think the only other thing I want to say is that it's the year of the rabbit, which we mentioned, which you mentioned. I want to talk a little bit about rabbits.
0: Please.
1: I don't really know much. I just found this really great thing on chinese new year dot net and this little this little blip i'm just gonna read it if that's okay please rabbits are earnest with everything they do they just ask that others treat them the same way and i think that the vibe going into 2023 that fits the vibe really well Mm -hmm. like we need to just all be very earnest forthright forthcoming honest with each other In Chinese culture, rabbits represent the moon. And some say it is because the shadows of the moon resemble a rabbit. Others say it's because of the rabbit's pure characteristics. It's also part of the earthly realm, which is neat. Got it. And I just, you know, I love it. I'm stoked on rabbits. I'm trying not to get greedy for next year, because next year it's the year of the dragon, which is my year. And she will be wearing a red belt. I'll be wearing red all the time. (laughs) This is very much like my book report today, so I appreciate your patience. It didn't feel like a book report. Oh, good.
0: It felt really interesting to me anyway, I'm sure to our listeners.
1: Oh, good. That's all I have, though. Well, cool. Let's throw up some sparks. I would love to do that. Yeah. My Spark is a musician. She is Chinese American and her name is Sophia. I don't know if it's Sophia or Sophia, but it's spelled S-O-F-Y-A. Wang, and she's great. She's very queer, and her music videos are very queer. Her music is very good. It's giving kind of like um like hot sad girl vibes. Oh wow. But like kind of upbeat about it. If you know, you know. Wow, I, think. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So please check her up, Sophia Wang. Cool. I'll make sure to tag her Insta so that you all can check her out. She's not new or anything, by the way. She's been around for several years now, but I just recently found her, so.
0: I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, My Spark is a play. Ooh. Actually, I'm going to mention two of them but one of them I can actually link and give something physical (laughs) to Corey to put on a tile. And that is the online bookshop called Wob, W-O-B, which is a B Corp. And if you don't know what that means, it means that they are committed to the environment in such a big way that they went through a process to get certified and paid a lot of money to become that. So they, it it represents legitimacy. Like not just oh we're doing this. It means that they have proven that they do it. Patagonia is the is another B Corp.
1: I love Patagonia. I do too.
0: I absolutely. I'm getting. I've I've had the same coat since 2007, and I absolutely adore it. But it's it's kind of like you wash it and it doesn't get clean anymore. So I'm getting my (laughs) new one from them. (laughs) So anyway, back to my spark. Last year, my spark was stop dot hate.org. And I just want to remind you of that because that's not a yearly thing. I'm hoping that's a an everyday thing. And we have that linked in our link tree. But this year, I want you to check out snow in midsummer. It is a story based on a very old story. And it's the, it's a play that was written by Francis Ya Chu Kowag, based on the classic Chinese drama, The Injustice to Doi Yi, that moved heaven and earth, by Guan Heng King. I saw it at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and there's another play I saw there as well. And I was trying to be good and didn't write it down. Darn it, I, I took it off. But there was another one I saw a couple of years after that, and I could not find an actual script for that one. It was an original also done at, oh, it was White Snake. It was White Snake. I know for a fact it was White Snake. And I think there's an anime series about White Snake, and I don't know if it's the same one. Mm. But it is. it was a Chinese. Anyway, absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. And I really want to encourage you if you can, it's $6 on Wab, but you can also find it the first, it took me forever to find it for sale because it's at so many libraries, online libraries. Mm. And that's where I kept finding I thought, well, I can't do that though because not everybody can go to this library. So I bet at your local library, everybody, you can find it. It is so beautiful. I also encourage you, if you're interested in Chinese magic, I won't call it Chinese theater because it's not It's different. Yeah, it is different, but it's theatrical Chinese storytelling I'll, I'll say or or it's theatrical storytelling in Chinese tradition but with a modern take on it. And so there are puppets, but not like you would imagine puppets where dragons and snakes and stuff move. It's just absolutely beautiful. I love puppetry. Yeah, and White Snake is Really gorgeous. If you can find clips of it online, and I'll try to. Snow in Midsummer is beautiful, but it's also freaking ear. It's a ghost story, basically, and it's it's very appropriate for Chinese New Year.
1: Amazing. I have heard of this play, but I've never seen it. Which one? Snow in Midsummer. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: We were really lucky,
1: and I'm excited about Wob. I didn't know about that bookstore. Well, that's all. That's all. Happy New Year. Happy Lunar New Year, everybody. We're gonna talk about. What are we talking about next week? Fire? Fire. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about fire next week. Kisses like. (laughs) So buckle in for that. And enjoy your Chinese New Year. And eat a mooncake. And may the next year be full of prosperity for you. May it be auspicious. So auspicious. And until next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget that you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com.
1: You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341 Seattle, Washington 98116.
0: And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah.
0: And if you do it on
1: Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout
0: you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe.
1: We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To
0: learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.